Time to talk a little turkey with Kevin Light of the Memphis Flyer on this edition of Locked on Grizzlies. Hey, everybody. I am Peter Edmiston. Welcome into Locked on Grizzlies on this draft Wednesday. And appreciate the great folks at Draft sponsoring this broadcast. Again, use promo code LOGRIZZLIES. Download that Draft app. Do it today. You could save some money. I'll be telling you more about that later on in the podcast. Before we get to the interview with Kevin Leip, I want to give you a few little notes uh, news-wise. Injury update for the Grizzlies. Nothing new to report on Mike Conley. It's pretty amazing when you when you go down the list of all the Grizzlies that are hurt uh, in some form or another. It's incredible when you think about how many guys you are talking about. No update on Mike Conley. Wayne Seldon still dealing with that quad injury. Brandon Wright still out with that groin injury. Those guys are all you know, dealing with those issues. Tyreek Evans will play uh, against uh, Dallas tonight, and he is suffering from that stinger in the arm uh, in his right shoulder in addition to uh, still recovering from having dealt with the flu. Mario Chalmers is playing normal minutes, but they are monitoring him because of the recovery from his Achilles problem. Chandler Parsons is still stuck on a 25-minute uh, limitation right now, uh, although he is pushing and angling and hoping to get that raised, uh, thus far that is not the case for the Grizzlies. They may have to because of the amount of injuries that, that they're dealing with. Right now, Dylan Brooks is not 100%. He's got a sore right knee uh, on top of uh, everything else that they're dealing with. Ben McLemore, Jermichael Green, both uh, are being watched. Uh, I think Jermichael is just about ready to get on a normal rotation. McLemore, too, but they are still kind of easing them back in, so they're not quite at full strength. It's incredible when you look top to bottom at what the Grizzlies are dealing with. That's fully, I would say, pretty much everybody on the roster. And of the guys that are healthy, you've got (laughs) James Ennis, who's playing horribly, Andrew Harrison, who's playing horribly, and Jarrell Martin, who's playing horribly. Marc Gasol is the healthiest of the bunch. He's having to play, you know, 38, 40 minutes a game, and that's not advisable long-term for, for Mark either, given his age and, you know, the situation with his foot. But And he's had an ankle injury as well earlier in the season. So this is – it's just a banged-up group right now facing a very desperate situation with the game against uh, Dallas. And that's a team that is playing better, and a, game, a team that has certainly at times had the Grizzlies number um, – Took, took Boston to overtime earlier this week. Um, and, you know, if, if you mess around and you lose this game, if you look at the rest of the schedule for the next two or three weeks, it is it's really tough. I mean, apart from the game against Brooklyn on Sunday, the rest of the matchups that you will see from the Grizzlies for the next two or three weeks, you're talking about San Antonio twice. You're talking about uh, Cleveland at Cleveland, you're talking about Minnesota. You're talking uh, a number of teams that are all pretty darn good. Trip to Washington, which is uh, never an easy place for the Grizzlies to go and play. It, it's it's about ten games of pretty good opposition in, in games that you probably would be expected to uh, kind of struggle with in the best of times. Much less when you're dealing with all these injuries. It, it's no exaggeration to say this thing could spiral pretty quickly from the Grizzlies' perspective if they don't get a win tonight against Dallas. Get that win against Brooklyn. And, uh, you know, maybe against the banged-up Denver team uh, on Friday, that's never uh, the best road trip for the Grizzlies. But without Paul Millsap and still kind of adjusting to life without him, the, the Nuggets may be a little bit vulnerable right now. It could be a good time to play them. Getting those wins, banking those wins is vital for the Grizzlies uh, at this stage. So we'll talk to Kevin Leip about that and many other things coming up here in just a moment.
Hey guys, it's Draft Wednesday. I know so many of you are fantasy sports fans. So many of you play daily fantasy. That's awesome. Here is some great news for you. Your chances of winning on draft are 80% better than on salary cap sites. That is why I'm involved with draft. It's why you should be too. It's my favorite fantasy site. No more getting crushed by those pros that are gaming the system. You can win and it's super easy. More than a million people have already downloaded Draft 2. You can play in a real-life NBA draft right now. Follow me on there. I am at Locked on Grizz. If you want to follow me, I can get in your draft. We can set up drafts, have lots of fun with it. You can be done in under five minutes and get paid out the next day. Drafts fill out every second, so you can join one whenever is convenient for you. Go right now. Download the app. It is absolutely free for your iPhone, for your Android device. It is all there for you, and you can get set up in seconds. All new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use my promo code LOGRIZZLIES. That's right, play in a real money draft for free just by using my promo code LOGRIZZLIES. But gets even better. Draft is so sure that you'll love it that they're even offering Locked on Grizzlies listeners a money-back guarantee up to $100. Go and search Draft in the App Store or go to Draft.com. Play for free right now with promo code LOGRIZZLIES. I want to see you on there. I want to see you winning. Let me know how you did. Let me know what you won because you are going to win and have a lot of fun with Draft. It is time to talk with uh, our good friend, Kevin Light. First time we've done this this season. Uh, at least in the actual season itself. Of course, Kevin is uh, the man who covers the Grizzlies for the Memphis Flyer, among many other tasks that he does for the Flyer. Frankly, the Grizzlies is a bit of a side gig uh, for Kevin because he's got a million other things going on, and he's sick, and he's getting ready for Thanksgiving. But he uh, was kind enough to take a little moment or two out of that schedule to talk a little Grizzlies with me and with all of you listening to Locked on Grizzlies. So thank you very much, Kevin. How are you? Happy Thanksgiving, buddy. Uh, I'm I'm good. I'd be better if I could breathe, but uh, you know. <laughs> well, wouldn't cold, we all? Cold medicine's a wonderful thing. Wouldn't we all? Wouldn't we all? And you you are you have you have suffered through uh, a pretty <laughs> nasty cold. I was you and I were sitting together uh, at the game on Monday, and I can vouch uh, it, it, you you're a trooper. You're fighting through it, but it's not easy. No, it's uh, it's, it's you know it happens it happens every fall and every spring. So I, I just prepare for it. Seasonal seasonal allergies is that what we're dealing with here? Yeah, and ter- uh, terrible sinuses. Uh, bad genetics. Mm, bad ge- <laughs> Just a rough, rough genetic roll of the dice. Um, unfortunate. So you're hurt. Uh, so are the Grizzlies. Uh, you're sick. Tyreek Evans had the flu. Uh, you know, maybe he, you, maybe he gave it to you. Possibly. Who knows? Uh, but it's it, it's been it's been that kind of a year for for the Grizzlies after that great start. Now sitting at seven and nine uh, with the kind of point differential that you would expect a 7-9 team to have, the kind of net rating you'd expect a 7-9 team to have. The Grizzlies are not confounding the math this year. And facing a, a, a tough stretch of time without Mike Conley, what's what's your assessment thus far of basically the first month of the season? Uh, you know, I think, I think the first week or two really gave a false, uh, a false impression of what this team was, right? I think uh, the struggles that they've been having lately, while they are worse than probably they should be, uh, this is the kind of Kind of rough start I expected them to have coming back, in, you know, back in October. Uh, they've got a lot of guys who've never played with each other, a lot of guys uh, who didn't, you know, Macklemore and Jermichael Green didn't even play in training camp. Um, they're they're trying to work all these guys back into the rotation. It's just not just not clicking. And meanwhile, uh, you have Mike Conley with an injury, and, and now he's out. 
he wasn't good when he was playing because he was trying to play through that injury. Um, you know, they just they they've just got a lot of stuff going on, and and, and we knew that they were going to have these kinds of issues. I think it's just because they were able to beat the Rockets and beat the Warriors so early. Um, you know, they caught those other teams at a, at a weird time too, and and I think we got kind of a false impression of of where they were at in their in their progression, and now we're seeing that you know, no, they're still figuring things out. What is the biggest issue in your mind for the Grizzlies, <clears throat> apart from the obvious situation with health, but among the Grizzlies that are playing right now? What 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 is the biggest issue that you see? Uh, to me, it's defense. Right, uh, this is not a good half court offensive team. And if they are not getting stops and getting out in transition and letting Mark Gasol get the rebound and throw the outlet pass, uh, they don't have much of an offense. And it's all predicated on focusing on defense and getting those stops. And they're just not there right now. They're, uh, I don't know if it's a communication issue or if it's just, uh, you know, Ben McLemore and uh, some of these other guys are just not great defenders. You've got Dylan Brooks out there who's a rookie. So, you know, he's playing well for a rookie, but he's still going to get burned. Um, you know, I think especially out at the perimeter, uh, defensively, they're just not—they're uh, not locked in. They're not—they're not getting stops. And so, you know, uh, number one, they're not getting stops on the other team is scoring. But then they're—you know—they're having to come down and run and run half court sets to get any points, and they're just not—they're not good at that either. So, how how you know, many? Unless they are running, that's they're, they're not working. Yeah, and I think I think you're 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 right about that. And, and so it kind of it kind of you know sort of leads to the next question of. With the way things are going right now and with some of the rotations that you're seeing, how many legitimate players that you can count on are actually able to play for the Grizzlies right now? In terms of defense or overall? Yeah, well, in terms in terms of defense, but but really you could even extend that to, to overall because we, we saw on, on Monday night the minutes that were played by Andrew Harrison, Jarrell Martin, and a suddenly very ineffective James Ennis were – basically catastrophic and ultimately cost the Grizzlies what was a pretty winnable game from, from their perspective. Yeah. Uh, so how many players can they count on? Yeah. I mean, uh, Tyreek and Mark and, and Jermichael. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's... That might be the whole list. Uh, Chandler Parsons is, is still playing well. Uh, he's kind of struggling offensively a little bit. Defensively, he's been pretty solid this year, which is surprising. Um, but that's still that's still four guys. It's it, it, it I'm, that's why I keep looking at these lineups that Fisdale has to throw out. And I notice, and I'm sure you get it too, from you know fans on Twitter and, and emails and stuff. Um, the, the a lot of people are really critical of Fisdale for the rotations and for some of the things that that he has done with this group. To what extent do you think that the recent struggles are Fizz's fault or? in some way affected by the way that he has managed the situation? Uh, maybe a little bit, but I, I just don't think he's got – he doesn't have the players, right? I mean, uh, he, he's got guys who are returning from injury. He still doesn't have Wayne Selden, who is probably the best uh, defender at the two spot that he's got on the roster, as much as that sucks to say. Um, <laughs> Oof. Ooh. But it's but it's true, right? I mean, this is a guy yeah. who credibly defended Kawhi Leonard in a playoff series. Um not you know, not great, but it's Kawhi Leonard. Well, certainly better than um, Harrison. Certainly better than Mclemore. Certainly better than you know. You can go down the list. Uh, Dylan Brooks is is uh, you know hit or miss in that regard. Yeah. So yeah, it's I mean you're you're not wrong. And so you know, so I look at the roster, and there's just nobody 
there's, there's nobody there who can who can do it. And you know, I think that's you've seen Mark Gasol be really uh, vocally frustrated by that, and and he's not wrong. There's 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 no personnel. Uh, you know, it's a. I don't think it's an effort thing, and I don't think Gasol does either. It's a. It's a focus thing. It's a. It's an attention thing. There's just not. Um, he's got to coach these guys up to get them locked in on defense, and and that's just. You know, a guy like Mac McLemore coming from Sacramento, where he had four coaches in four years, and all of them were bad. Um, you know, it's going to take him a while to 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 get defense if he's ever going to get it at all. We don't know. So. I just yeah, it's the, it's the construction of the team right now that that's causing a lot of the defensive problems. Um, you know, I do think it, it was promising. I thought Deontay Davis played some good minutes against Portland. Yeah, the, his, yeah, his first that. good minutes all year. You know, um, so there there are guys who can maybe slot into some of these roles, um, but yeah, right now it's just it's just not there. Well, it, that, and it's it's it really kind of like makes you think about what the first portion of the season really was. Was was it predicated on Tyreek Evans? Did was this thing a house of cards built on Tyreek Evans' incredible scoring off the bench? Yeah, partially. Um, I think I think Fizdale would admit that, right? I mean, you don't expect you know Tyreek Evans is good, but you don't expect him to be you know uh, destroyer of worlds off the bench. Uh, right. That's just that was an un, unsustainable outburst from him. Uh, and he's still playing really well, you know, but it's it's slacked off some just because nobody, well, you know. Here's the the reason I bring that up. That no, the reason I bring that up is because if you look at the his, if you look at net ratings over the last seven games, so go back a little bit before the the losing streak kicked in, it encompasses a little bit of the time with the diminished Mike Conley, into that uh, you know that road trip, that kind of thing. You go back to those those seven games. <clears throat> In those seven games, the Grizzly with the fourth worst net rating is Tyreek Evans who was yeah. was was terrific to start the year but has cooled off considerably especially on the uh on the the defensive end the offense hasn't been that great either but defensively he's rough the only guys that are worse that have played reasonable minutes uh, are the three that we talked about earlier James Ennis, Jarrell Martin, Andrew Harrison all of whom and my god Harrison's numbers in extremely limited minutes are truly incredible uh, he is a negative 38 points Jeez. per 100 possessions in his about 30 minutes of action, which is just an astonishing number. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's uh, we in the business like to call that bad. Um, <laughs> that is a technical term. That's right. Yeah, but you know, I think the thing with Evans that you have to remember is as these lineups are shifting and stuff. Uh, Tyreek Evans is a lot of things, but a chemist is not one of them. No. You know, he's not a Vince Carter who could who could kind of be a glue guy out there and get everybody on the same page. And, and you know, Tyreek is, is a black hole. If he doesn't, if he doesn't trust that anybody else on the floor with him can score, he's not passing the ball. Um, that's just how he is. That's how he's always been. And that causes problems when he's out there with Mark, that causes problems with these, when he's out there with all these young guys, uh, defensively, he's never been that good. I mean, he's, he's, he kind of, he's kind of like Zach Randolph, right? He's got a good good defensive performance in him every now and then, but that's not what he's known for. That's not what he's good at. Um, he, yeah, he's just for, they need his scoring so bad, but he's got so many other kind of limitations and just just weirdness. He's such a weird, unique basketball player um, that it's it's really hard to slot him in with with when you're trying to get guys on the same page and develop that chemistry. I, I think he's really a roadblock to that. 
It, it is true, and it's tough because not only from a physical state. I mean, look, it's hard because I, I don't want to take anything away from what he did and what he's done. I mean, it, it is, you know, his ability offensively is remarkable, and his ability to score when things break down is is tremendous. And he is able to, off of one pass, create for other guys. It's just that that's that's really it. It's the one pass, and if, if, if the shot is there, he'll get the assist, and great. If not, then the offense kind of breaks down. There really isn't that continued movement that, that you like to see from uh, Fisdale's teams, and that's what he, what he wants to, to incorporate. And it, to me, it kind of ends up being the discussion like what you know, Marcus All was saying uh, on Saturday night where you know, he, he just said kind of like, okay, look, like we got you know, it's not selfish in a bad way, but it is selfish in a sense of it's not, you know, incorporating the rest of the team. And you, you see that in so much of what the Grizzlies do, and it made me think, Kevin, like, with Mike being out now, Mark looks around the locker room, who is connected to the years past? Who is connected to what he's built uh, along with the other guys that, that were part of that over the last nine years? What, who, what is, is there any connection at all to the past? I mean, no, not really. And I wonder if that's not playing a little bit on Mark's mind, you know, not not that not that he's you know pining for the old days or anything like that, but it's just like the scope of trying to incorporate this, um, you know, whatever the ethos that you want to talk about with the Grizzlies is that trying to impart that upon all of these guys, so many of whom have come from teams that weren't winning, weren't part of winning cultures, aren't playing the way that he wants to play. I sometimes feel like it overwhelms him a little bit. I would be shocked if it didn't, right? I mean, uh, yeah, there's there's certainly nobody left from like the Lionel days, other than Mark, other than Mike. I mean, it's just it's a completely different team. It's a completely different organization. It's a completely different style of play. It's a completely different everything. No, but I do think I think you're absolutely right. I, I don't see I don't see how it could not be affecting Mark. He he's got to feel like the last guy standing. He's the last guy kind of taking it seriously. And I wouldn't be surprised if things continue this way and this losing streak continues that we don't start hearing, you know, Gasol at the trade deadline kind of stuff start popping up. I mean, it's just it's clearly a very frustrating situation for him. And I think even though he feels a sense of ownership and he feels like, you know, like it's, I think he feels like it's his team and Mike's team. And he's certainly doing a good job of talking to these young guys about, about everything. I mean, you've heard him in the locker room after these losses. Um, he's, he's, he's preaching the gospel of, of focus and, and concentration to these young guys, and he's really he's doing a good a good job of it. You know, I've I've heard him having those conversations with the young guys in the locker room while other people are doing their media scrums. Uh, but you know, eventually he's gonna he's gonna feel like he's the only guy doing it. You know, um, it's interesting to see where that goes because he's a guy who mentally um, doesn't do well in situations like that. You know, when he feels like there's too much on his shoulders or like like things aren't going the way he wants to, that's historically when he just has a total breakdown. You can always you can kind of see it coming, and I thought maybe we were going to get a full blown version of it on Saturday, but we didn't quite get the full volcano. But we got a little bit, um, and you can see that this is why I, I bring that up, uh, Kevin, because it's like I mean you know people need to think about it from Mark's perspective. If you empathize with him to some extent, I, I don't know that the Mark, Mark's never always been the best leader and the best example setter for so many things, but it is it is true that 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 he's facing a situation now where. I mean, he there, there's so much that he has to to do to get these guys to to 
to buy into what he has really emphasized throughout his whole career. <clears throat> the guys yeah. are either young or coming from teams that have never really taught culture on the level that the Grizzlies have or both. In the case of a guy like Tyreek, you know, uh, it, it was I thought it was laughable that Tyreek at one point uh, – I guess a week and a half ago, made a little offhand comment about, you know, everyone trying to go out and get 30. People need to kind of know their roles. I'm like, what the hell do you know about winning? <laughs> when have you known yeah. about, like, Ty- when have you known about winning basketball or sacrificing or any of that stuff? You've never been on a team that's been that's been close to any anything like that. So that, to me, kind of He's been on home. one playoff team, right? yeah. and he was hurt. Yeah, and he was hurt, exactly. I mean, it's... He's never been uh, close to that kind of stuff. Most of the teams that he's been on have been extreme lottery teams. I mean, not just a little lottery, but like you know, top of the lottery type teams. So, um, the uh, the late lamented Memphis Tigers. <laughs> yeah, that's very. I was at I was at his final game, his final college game out in Phoenix. As a matter of fact, watching him uh, going against uh, Missouri. I think I think Demari Carroll was on that team. As a, as a matter yep. of fact, um, so he was because uh, Chris Wallace always drafts the guy who uh, beats the Tigers that, in the tournament. There you go. Um, so. I bring I I kind of I I bring all that up because I feel like you know now I don't know that there's much that can be done. Yeah, I say all this like you look around the rest of the West and it's clear the Grizzlies aren't the only team that, that are going through struggles. You have Oklahoma City that's uh, got the same record as the Grizzlies, better point differential, much better point differential in fact. But they I would argue worse roster situation though. I mean, worse worse chemistry issues. Well, severe chemistry issues. The thing with them, though, is that they, they've, they've just been horrible in close games. They're, they're, they, they've lost every game that's been in single digits, essentially. Uh, they've blown tons of big leads. They've had fourth-quarter nightmare problems. But they do at least have pedigree with those guys that you, you would think they'd be able to turn it around, and the point differential suggests that they will. Utah sure. is in a different uh, frame. They, they of have mind. no coach, though. I mean, they, they have no coach, and they have no – I just I – You're not no, a Billy Donovan guy? I'm – no, I'm I'm I am man, I'm selling on, on Oklahoma City all day this year. Selling for the playoffs? Uh they might make the playoffs. I don't know. I, I don't like that team this year. It's it feels like it'd be very hard for that team just based on the sheer amount of opportunity they're going to have to have a guy Paul George, I don't think they've really scratched the surface of what he can do. Um, you know, clearly Mello is always an awkward fit, and 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 Russ doesn't seem to have made the adjustment. But I, I just I'm betting on the talent overcoming all of that more so than, yeah. for example, you know the the Clippers look like they're I, I don't I think they're I'm not gonna say done, but it's pretty close, and I I think we're about yeah. a week or two away from well, Doc, Doc Rivers looking for work. That's what I was going to say. I, I I don't know if the Clippers are done, but I definitely think Doc Rivers is. I mean, that's a team that that's another team like the Grizzlies that started the season pretty well. Um, yeah, they were four and zero. They won their first four games. Yeah, and then they've just been off completely the off the off the rails <laughs> from that point on. That's the thing that's that's the thing that's encouraging to me about the Grizzlies. Like they're not winning games, but they're 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 not. They don't look like you know dog crap. Like. <laughs> They did in the Indiana game, and then they played defense for a quarter and almost won, right? Uh, the Portland game was a close game that they should have won, but, you know, they, they didn't win. But I still thought it was it was better than where they'd been. They certainly laid an egg against Houston, but I think that was uh, to be expected. Um, you know, I think the Grizzlies, have, they have some signs of life. It's just they, they just have to figure it out. It's a question of whether they are, whether they're going to or not. 
you still think uh, well, were you a playoff? I forget your pick. Were you playoff or no playoff? Well, I said they were going to win forty four games. I don't know. I don't know. Are if you I scaling that down, or are you still good on that? I think that still sounds about right. I think they'll come out over five hundred, but I don't know. That may be nice, you know. That may be tenth. I don't know what the West is going to look like this year. It's going to be close in, the, in that like seven through nine spots. You know, I, I think I was higher on some teams that I shouldn't have been high on. I thought the Pelicans were going to be better. Um, they're better by default right now, just because they don't have any injuries yet. But that's a terrible, uh, terrible organization with a terrible injury track record, so they'll have one at some point. Um, you know, I thought the Jazz were going to be better. They're, they're not better at all. Um, you know, there, there are some teams that I thought might be better than the Grizzlies that I just don't think are going to get there. Yeah, I think uh, the Jazz still, once Gobert comes back and they, they can work, I think that the, I, don't, I don't really. They, they've been relying so much on Donovan Mitchell, who's you can see the flaws there. Rubio has not worked out the way that that you would have anticipated with playing alongside Snyder. The Rodney Hood off the bench thing is, you know, I, I don't I don't know. Um, you know, I bring up that that name and Grizzly fans instantly want to you know slam their car into a bridge embankment. <laughs> so sorry about that, but uh, that that hasn't necessarily worked out. Um, you know, either and so. You know, starting Joe Ingles, and I don't know. I, I'm, I, I still think they've got enough talent, and I really do like Quinn Snyder. So I think that they have a chance to to pull this thing out once, as long as they don't lose too much ground without Gobert. That's my worry. Yeah, that's what it is for me. I just think they're going to be in too deep a hole. Yeah, that's my worry. That's my worry for the Grizzlies as well, though, because if you look at the schedule coming up, like I mean, it's like you know, you got the game tonight against Dallas is a, is really a must win. You go to Denver and Denver's you know without Millsap for a while, that's a different Nuggets team, but that's still that's certainly a talented group. And even if they throw like Wancho in or something like that, you can still they they're they're gonna be a good offensive team. So the Grizzlies are gonna be tested defensively. That's a tough place to go and play. Brooklyn yeah, on Sunday one game road trip to Denver at the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah. They're going to lose. Yeah, that's 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 I mean, a that's a tough <laughs> that's a schedule loss pretty much. Um and then back home to play Brooklyn, who you would think is a win, except I think stylistically, they beat the Grizzlies last year in FedEx Forum. They play the yep. fastest pace in the league against a team that doesn't really like to defend that. They can shoot a ton of threes and get hot, and the Grizzlies have been vulnerable from time to time with that. So uh, just be careful with that game. After that, the next like 10 games are tough. You're talking yep. about a couple of Spurs games. You're talking about a trip to Cleveland. You're talking about Minnesota thrown in there you're talking like uh the trip to washington you're talking about there's 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 a bunch of tough games there's not much respite in there and my worry is if this coincides with mike conley being out the grizzlies you know rip off losing you know seven of ten you're looking at like that's a that's a pretty deep hole to climb out of if mike conley comes back healthy and that's i still think a very big if yeah it's not i don't i definitely don't think he's going to come back healthy in two weeks you know uh i don't think anybody thinks that uh, yeah, it's it's tough. They're they're looking they're looking at a really tough a really tough schedule. I think they're going to get ugly. I think things are going to get ugly, and this is kind of the worst case scenario, right? Uh, they're they're going to be really bad headed into like Christmas, and trade rumors are going to start up. They could, and I I think that they the, will. I mean, they are. They they started up last year, right? They, no, they're going to. I just don't. I don't see a lot. Uh, maybe. I, be, I was thinking about it just with, with 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 Mark. I can't. I can't. I just don't see a lot of compatible teams at this point. I don't see a lot of compatible options 
for the Grizzlies that makes sense um, for both sides of it. I could make up all kinds of nonsense and some stupid trades that would be great and whatever, but it, that, that, that's not what we're talking about here. Um, you know, if you think Cleveland might come off that Brooklyn pick in order to strengthen their roster and you try to find something that works salary-wise, I, I don't know, maybe there's some logic there. Um, but I, I just don't see a lot of, of logic that would, that would work and that would be worth the Grizzlies' time. And so, you know, and that, that would be true with, with, you know, Mike as well, who's in a lot of these trade rumors. But, like, you know, he's hurt. He's, he's damaged good, so you can't even really incorporate him into any of this discussion right now. Yeah, I think to me it's just an issue of, of when the trade rumors start up it is mentally, you know, that's when that's historically been a thing that Gasol clearly is affected by. Uh, you know, his, his biggest breakdown yet was the, the end of the season before he became a free agent last uh, you know, that was like the tearing the jersey, the fouling out in Detroit, just sitting on the floor. <laughs> you know, that, that, that this stuff affects him. It well, always has. He says it doesn't, but it always has. Yeah, it, 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 it has, and it will be asked about and questioned. You know, uh, every time the Grizzlies go on the road, that will be the first thing that, that comes up. So it's, it's imperative that they can do something to just kind of keep it from getting to be a bad slide. Uh, I think also for this team, Kevin, to me it seems – uh, particularly without Mike, as Chalmers goes, so goes the team. You know, he has become yeah. such an important part. He played uh, pretty well on on Monday night, which gave them an opportunity to beat Portland. They couldn't, but he was he was pretty good. He was horrible against uh, the Rockets, and the Grizzlies got killed. I, I think this is where I, I I don't I don't love it, but I do think it puts a ton of pressure on Mario Chalmers to be effective, or else I don't think the Grizzlies have a chance in, in just about any game. Yeah, uh, I, I totally agree. I, I took some, some comfort in, in the fact that he was actually able to get to the rim and finish against Portland. That's been a thing that he hasn't done well all year. Uh, so maybe maybe he's just feeling that pressure, and it's, it's, he's, he's getting that extra step in, you know, like uh, just mentally mm-hmm. he's, he's there now, or maybe he just had a good night. Maybe Portland is, is worse at, on the interior than I, than I think they are. Um, but that's to me. That's what it's about, right? He's he's got to play with a little more confidence. He's got to be able to get to the rim. He's got to be able to turn the corner and pick and rolls, or they're dead. What's your ideal starting lineup dead. <clears throat> with Chalmers? Well, just in general, like I mean, right now, given where the Grizzlies are at, do you? What's your ideal starting lineup? What's your ideal rotation? If you're if you're the coach. I think you stick that bench unit back together. I mean, I know Parsons has kind of moved into a starting three role again, but I put I put him back on the bench. I think Ennis, when Conley is healthy, Ennis seems to to play better. Right, he defends better, he gets putbacks, he rebounds better. Um, I think he's a guy who really needs a set a role in the rotation, or he struggles. We've seen that, right? He played seven minutes the other night; he was terrible. If, if there's uncertainty about what his role is going to be, he just he doesn't play well. Um, I think you just stick him in the starting lineup. He he doesn't have to play twenty five minutes just because you're starting him, but you start him. Um, I really I like Brooks off the bench, but I, I think he's done well as a starter too. Um, his numbers ideally, are sig- I'll say his numbers are significantly better as a bench player than a starter for for a yeah. lot of different reasons. I, I mean that could be you know just as a, a a ripple effect of what's going on with the team and all that, but his numbers are significantly better as a bench player. Yeah, I mean he's a rookie. He's going to play better against worse players. Um, I think I think that's you move him back to the bench. 
starting two guard, ideally, Selden is healthy, and you start him there, and you bring McLemore off the bench for some scoring or whatever it is McLemore does. I'm still pretty out on him. Uh, he's 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 getting there. He's getting better, but I'm I'm just still I don't really see where he helps you. I'd rather have Selden out there for his defense in the starting unit. Um, would you start McLemore at this point right now? If if you given yeah. that Selden is out, would you just go ahead and start McLemore? Yeah, I would. So your starting lineup is Chalmers, McLemore, Ennis, Jamichael, and Mark. Is that right? I guess. Yeah. I mean, if if Mike's not out there, I mean, well, I'm talking about like tonight, like right now, tonight. Like, yeah, this is. I'm saying putting putting your roster together right now tonight because you want you want Dylan Brooks, you want uh, Chandler, you want Tyreek off the bench, and then I, I assume Deontay would play, and then that would probably be about it. That's a nine. That's yeah. a nine man rotation. Right there. Can I give you a – here's my theory, too, and see if you agree with this. Um, if you're going to play Parsons, knowing that he is a 25-minute max guy right now, that's where the, the ceiling is, I don't think you can start Chandler Parsons or anyone else, for that matter, start them and finish them with a 25-minute window. I think the gap where you sit out – is too big. And I've talked to Chandler about this. You know, you, you normally, in, in your minutes, the way that you go, you're a starter, you play 30, 35 minutes, you sit for a little while, you come back in, you stay relatively connected to the game. But the, the gap of time where you have to sit out, if you start and play the first seven or eight minutes of the game, well, then you've got the next 17 that you have to allocate out over uh, you know, a 38-minute, 40-minute stretch. Which that's yeah. that's too much spread, especially for a guy who needs to stay warm. His body needs to stay warm. I feel like that affects his ability. He was great in the first half against uh, the Rockets, for example, and just completely non-existent in the second half. I, I think that affects him. Yeah, I think it does too. I think that's and it's on Fisdale to kind of realize that. Honestly, uh, no, I think that's I think that's totally right, and uh, that's the reason I keep him off the bench. He's better. Uh, he's been better playing twenty minutes than he has played more than twenty minutes. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you need to keep him fresh for the end of the game. If you want him to close. You know, if you, if you don't want him to close, then, you know, start him and, 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 and do whatever. Um, but, but well, I think you, you do want him to close. But, though. yeah, but he clearly wants him to close. You need him to close because he's one of your better offensive players right now. He's one of your better your better threats out there yeah. that, that, that he can actually shoot. He has shown the ability then to, to drive off those closeouts, to do a little bit of the playmaking that, that he was signed to do. It's been, you know, I, I that, that, that part has been one of the, the bits of good news. For the Grizzlies, and um, you know, I asked him about bumping up that that number. I don't know if they're going to do that, Kevin, but they may need to. I mean, I don't know that he he's he's doing stuff that no one else can do for this team right now. He's a pretty important guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was signed to be the third best player on the team, but I guess right now he kind of is by default. But yeah, um, you know, for a guy that we were talking about the stretch for his import coming into the training camp, it's it's a huge success this year so far. It's one of the one of the uh, surprises that, you, that you've seen from this team. So now, like you know, to, to kind of wrap things up uh, as we go into Thanksgiving, like what what do you do? You you, you think it bottoms out here, kind of right? You think you're you're looking at a stretch yeah. where it's going to get pretty it's going to get pretty ugly, but then the 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 bounce back. You 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 think they they fight through it and and bounce back, or do you think that this thing could could spiral completely? You know they've always fought back before, and I think I think Conley and Gasol are part of that. You know, um, I think I think they fight back. I think they've got a lot of guys with a lot of pride on this team. I mean, Michael, uh, you 
you know, I, I just I, I see fight in this team. I think they're they're lacking in execution now, not in not in willingness, not in effort. They're lacking in execution, and so I think the execution will hopefully <laughs> hopefully that'll come right. I mean, I think this is a team that's always played their best historically, even though there's not much connection to these past eras. This is a team that has always played their best with their backs totally against the wall. I mean, they beat Cleveland at Cleveland with eight players one time, right? Um, the, it's, the nasty nine last team. year, year before, whenever they did that whole thing. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah I, I agree. They, 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 they have, as a franchise, they've tended to thrive upon adversity. But I will, I will say this, and something that you, you alluded to earlier, I do think now is the time. If ever there is a time for Deontay Davis to step up and be the guy that you know some of us really thought he could be, this would really be a, 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 be a nice little time for him to, to, to jump up and play those key minutes, because I think he has a chance yeah. to Wally Pip, um, or to have, send Brandon right into kind of a Wally Pip mode, where he can just sneak right in, and when Brandon's hurt, and if he can play well enough, I think that pushes Brandon kind of out of the mix and, and, and back onto the trading block. Yeah, I think so too. I think, and I think if Deontay wants to wants to make it in the league, <laughs> he's got to show he's got to show that he can. You know, he's he's had it. He's had a pretty rough start to the season until the other night, so I think he's got to prove that he wants it. He's seen he's seen what Jarrell and Andrew Harrison did in training camp. Uh he's got that same opportunity now to like say, F you, play me and 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 do that. And I think he needs to see that. F you play me. I like it. Uh, what's what's the light th- thanks? But not like Quincy Pondexter where he literally yelled that at the coach. Don't want that. <laughs> no, we don't want any of the drama associated with Quincy Pondexter at all. The most the most emo grizz that there ever has been. Um, what's what's the um, what's the light family Thanksgiving like? Uh, well, all of my wife and I are fam- our whole families are here, so we do like Thursday we'll do with my in laws, and Friday we'll go hang out with my family. Do you cook? Uh, I don't really do Thanksgiving food. I-, I typically cook in our household, but Thanksgiving I kind of leave up to-, to my wife. She does a lot of pies. She's a- she's more of a baker. You don't do a turkey. A I'm more of a cook than a baker. Yeah, but you don't do a turkey. I mean, that's that's a- that's a challenge for a cook to 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 to, to tackle that turkey and to make it. You know something unique and special. Well, my my wife's grandmother is is extremely good at the turkey, oh, so that's well, that's taken care of. So, no, and you're not a casserole guy, or <clears throat> you know any of that stuff. Not really. No, I don't like casseroles. That's that's my. If there's a any controversial take at all, I just there's pretty. I don't think there's a single casserole I like. I just I can I can get behind a casserole. Uh, I I like a green bean casserole. For, nope. For Thanksgiving. Nope. Nope. Not having it. Not having that, not having um, any of that, just not having it. Not, it's not my thing. I don't. This is a, it, unfortunately, it leaves out a lot of the Thanksgiving table for me. But I can't, yeah, I can't. Uh, that's sad for you. I feel, I feel, I feel bad that you don't have that in your life. It's okay. I've tried it. It's just not my. I, I, I'm, I'm, I've come to grips with the fact that I'm not a casserole person, and that's okay. It's okay for some people not to be casserole people out there. I mean, if you if you say so, I guess. <laughs> My, I, have a, I have a family member who's not a pie person, and now that is really sad. I mean, how can you yeah. not like pie? I mean, what is wrong with it's superior? It's superior to cake in every way. Well, I, I'm not, I'm not going to go oh, that far. Like pie or a chess pie or a chocolate fudge pie or oh, I don't like pies with fruit in them. That's a hot take. You don't like a key lime pie? 
Well, that that doesn't have like the fruit in it. Oh, I don't like oh you mean like a cherry pie? pie. Oh my god, a cherry pie is the great. That's the that's the king of all pies. A cherry pie. Oh, life! You're oh, you broke my heart. Yeah, I'd rather have like a I'd rather have like a cheesecake with cherry pie filling on it. Oh, oh my 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 wife makes an unbelievable <clears throat> cry, the 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 lattice top cherry pie. Oh my god, it's yeah. It is it is it is. It might it might change your mind. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if anything could. I mean, there's some casseroles might, that I maybe could, be, could change I could my mind. But on cherry pie. Uh, my hot my hottest of hot takes is that apple pie is garbage and no one should eat it. Oh like my apples. god! Cooked apples are disgusting. Ah! Oh. There's a there's a there's a place called the Blue Owl in Arnold, Missouri, not too far outside of St. Louis, that serves what they call the mile uh, mile high the levee high apple pie, and it is a it is a mound of apple. Pie. It is like I don't know. Probably, it's, I swear it's nine, ten inches, maybe. Like it, it is. It's insane how thick this pie is, and it is amazing. And uh, you, you, I, you might hate it. You probably would. But if anything's going to change yeah. your mind, it'd be that one. They they do a wonderful job, and you have blasphemed greatly on this podcast. Yeah, and I love apples. I love, but I like a Granny Smith. I like a Honeycrisp. I don't like mealy apple. Ooh, I'm, when you I'm cook you apples, they yeah. get mealy. It's a texture thing. Oh, I, uh, cooked apples are. I mean, like in a pie is fine. I'm, I don't. I don't. I'm not going to eat like a baked apples. So I, I think that's. I'm, I'm with you there. Um, but you throw the crust in there, I'm good. But yes, as far as apples go, now we could get into this, and we have my my buddy Keith Parrish. You may know from Fast Break uh, Breakfast, the, uh, the 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 podcast. The we've had an apple discussion, an extensive apple discussion, and the superiority of the Honeycrisp. Um, versus most other apples. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll listen to a few, Kevin, but the Honeycrisp is clearly, in my mind, it's, it's king of king favorite, of king of apples, like king it. of eating apples at least. I also like it at like an extremely tart Granny Smith. I mean, if you're in the right sour. mood, if you're in the right mood, that's fine. Yeah, I, I can I can go with that. Uh, I'm, I'm okay with like a sweet tango. Uh, that's a, that's an that's an interesting one. I, I'm okay with uh, like a Fuji's fine. Uh, it went in in a, in a in a pinch. I can deal with that. Mm-hmm. A gala Maybe. is okay. Pink lady, uh, I'm good with. I like pink ladies. A lot of good one. Don't be fooled by. I just once they start getting mealy, it's that. It's no, that, no, no, no. Mealiness and here, texture. I don't like them. Can I give you a, another apple hot take real fast? After I think sure. I've run off everyone on the podcast with all the discussion about apples. Um, here's the thing: you got to make it cold. Apples should yeah. always be refrigerated. Or at least cool, like uh, like your room did. Like it's you can leave them out, but they got to be I, out like in the winter when it's cool. And yeah, I don't want to leave them out. I, I they they must be refrigerated, or else you that that enhances the crispness. You 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 open up mealy possibilities when you get a room temperature apple. And uh, when I see a basket of like red delicious at some event, it just I want to throw it at people. Like what the hell is what's wrong with you? Why why would you do this to people? Red Delicious is, is maybe the worst apple anyway. Oh, it is. And it's always served room temp because if anyone's serving Red Delicious, they don't give a damn about you or your family. They just they're they are just just crapping out whatever to, to make you, you know, here eat something. That's fine. Just we put some we put some stupid apples out. We got them in a bag for ninety nine cents here. There you go. That's that's the kind of regard yeah. they have for you. If someone serves Here you, you go, Red Delicious, teacher, have, the, have the worst apple. There exactly, is. I hate you, teacher. If anyone serves you a Red Delicious, it is legal <laughs> to slap them in the face, like right there, and just say, "Just get out of here." That's legal. A lot of people don't know that. Like, 
have a happy Thanksgiving, okay, buddy? Thank you for um, powering through your illness to, uh, <laughs> to 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 give us some some hot takes. Enjoy. Uh, yeah, I got a little uh, touch and go there, didn't it? It did. We. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna. I, I hope to have edited. Uh, if you hear massive pauses, it's because I didn't do a good job of editing out. Uh, Kevin nearly died in the middle of this uh, <laughs> taping, but thankfully he did not. So uh, that's what I'm thankful for this Thanksgiving. Uh, I'll see you soon, bud. Have a good one, man. Thanks. All right, man. Take it easy.